0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along in this Monday morning, July 26th. The Bible is a book of good news, but sometimes we have some bad news that puts it in a perspective that makes the good news seem even more wonderful. Make sure and stick with me to the very end of the video today to hear the good news, because I'll tell you, the section we're looking at today has a lot of bad news in it. We've been talking about worldviews, and we're looking at Paul's worldview. And in Romans chapter 1, he talked about how people would not honor God. They would not give thanks to God. And there are consequences to decisions we make. I often hear people ask, you know, why doesn't God stop evil? Why doesn't God intervene? And we find in the Bible that God is a God. He does intervene in some circumstances, but in other times he doesn't. And Romans 1 talks about a time when he doesn't, where he allows people to go the way they want to go. And let's read this here because sometimes as I read this section, I wonder, wow, was Paul looking forward 2,000 years? Did he see what America would look like in the 20th and 21st century? And I realize that Yes and no, because what he describes here is a condition of humanity and a cycle of history that we see being repeated in our country today. Let's go ahead and read. We'll begin with verse, to get the context, we're reading in Romans chapter 1. We'll start with verse 21 to get the context, although we'll pick it up more in verse 24. Verse 21, "...for even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks." But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. This is idolatry. When people change the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Our glory, we're created in the image of God, and we can worship the living God. And people, idolatry, they would sink to the place where rather than worshiping God, they worship a rock or a a carving or some animal that they've made. Or I've even been to parts of the world where they worship a plastic doll that you could pick up at, at a Walmart. And I'm not kidding you, in a temple surrounded by uh, flowers and and objects of worship is a, a little plastic doll that people bow down and worship. This is idolatry. In our day, in our culture, we we have uh, in, uh, exchanged the creation that were made in the image of God for evolution. And we, our idolatry is not that we bow down before carvings of animals that we've made, but we say that we have descended from other animals that are still alive, biological animals. And in exchange the instead of the glory of God, I'm made of the image of God, I'm just a descendant of an ape or something of this nature. Professing to be wise, Paul said, they became fools. They exchanged truth for a lie. Let's go on, verse twenty four. Therefore, because of idolatry, because they did not worship God, and but everyone will worship. See, this is the thing people must understand. Atheists tell me they don't worship. Is everybody worships something? And if you don't worship God, you'll find something to worship, be it an idol. Some people today worship science. People worship money. They worship pleasure. They they say something of the ultimate thing, ultimate value that I should pursue in life and give my allegiance to. It should be God. But verse 24, therefore, because it wasn't God, therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so Paul begins, there's this downward spiral that's happening. It begins when people choose not to worship God and instead they worship something of their own making. And he says that therefore God gives them over. He abandons them to something. He allows them to go their way. That God at at some level God protects us, but when a person chooses a certain way, God says, Okay, I'll let you go that way. And what he when at the natural result of this idolatry is the the next step would be sexual immorality. He gives them over to impurity. He gives them over to things that, that, that would dishonor the body. And this is talking about sexual immorality, primarily. But the body is to be honored. The body is created by God. The body is the temple of God. And our bodies are to be honored. And we're to honor the bodies of our spouse. We're to honor the bodies of other people. But through sexual immorality and impurity, the bodies are being, are, we're dishonoring bodies. We're doing things that dishonor, that, that degrade. Well, that's the next step. Verse 26, because they did not repent, they go to the next step of a downward spiral. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. So it's a step beyond dishonoring, and now it's a step of degrading. Something to the body that, that, that denigrates it. What's that? For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire for one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own persons the due penalty of their error. Of course, this is speaking of homosexuality and other things, what we now call the LGBTQ movement. This is degrading to the body. It's degrading. This is given over. This is God is removing the restraints that would cause, that would help, that would help us to honor our bodies and live with one another in ways that are wholesome and upright and good and pure. And has now moved to this second stage of actually not only dishonoring, but actually degrading the body. Third, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer or to have God in knowledge any longer, just chose to reject God is no longer part of knowledge. God is, he's out of our lives now. We, we just don't want him at all. God gave them over the third time now. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. So he gives us over, first of all, something we dishonor our bodies, then we degrade our bodies, and then we our mind is depraved. what happens? To do the things that are not proper, they're filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, strife, murder, murder, deceit, malice. They're gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. My friends, this is the world we're now living in. Our nation has, our culture, and our world has increasingly chosen to dishonor and reject God. It's a, it's a, There's a strong momentum moving this way, and it's been for a number of years now. In our country, there was a time when Biblical morality was upheld. We're not saying everybody always lived by it, and we're not saying everyone was a Christian. We're saying it was a, a standard that was upheld, a standard where people tried to abide by it, a standard that that if you didn't live this way, you were looked down upon. Now, now of course, this immorality, homosexuality, depravity is is uh, applauded. It's celebrated. Look at all the daytime talk shows that that celebrate the most bizarre of behavior and when people are come on these shows you know they they're clap they're they're cheer they're 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 uh, they're celebrated at work you're expected to celebrate bizarre behavior in our world we're expo- expected to drag queens reading at libraries we're expected to celebrate this and think this is advancement and this is progress and so my friends What do we do in light of this? I think there's three observations I'd like to make today. Number one, we live in a world that is progressively being abandoned by God, where God has abandoned his, let me correct that word, where God is allowing us to do what we want. And we're seeing the incredibly bad consequences of it. We're seeing the consequences of the sexual revolution. We're seeing the consequences of, it, of it, whether it's abortion, whether it's divorce, whether it's children that are growing up unloved and unwanted, whether it's a coarsening of society, of course, an explosion of diseases related to sexual immorality, bizarre behavior. I mean, you could go on and on and on. We're living in a world where the, the, the bizarre is celebrated and, and the darkness is descending upon us more and more because God has removed the restraints on more and more people, and even upon, it seems like, our culture as a whole. And so number two, because of that, the second point, that means that we as Christians, we're going to have to be different. And we're going to accept that we're different. And we're going to have to realize that we're, we're not like others. We do march to a different drummer. We live a different value system. But we live in a way that we can be confident That God is watching over and protecting us. See, that's the good news. Is even though we live in a world that's increasingly dark, morally depraved, you and I that honor God, we will stand out more and more as a bright shining light. Now, that doesn't mean we won't be hated and persecuted for it. It doesn't mean we won't be despised for it. There are a lot of people who who do, who they hate the light, Jesus said in John chapter 3 but it doesn't mean that our light will shine brighter in a dark time. It means that to those who are looking for hope, those who are looking for answers, we will uh, the answers will be more evident. Now, Tom, are you just trying to put a good spin on a, on a difficult situation? Well, not just a good spin, but it is difficult, and it is something that we grieve over. People, Some people say, well, Boy, when you have persecution and negativity, then the Christians, the true Christians shine brighter. We do. And the true Christians come forth. Yeah, that's true. And yet still, we hope for and we pray for a time when, when when God's ways will be upheld, because I'm convinced that there'll be more and more and more and more people saved in a situation like that. But you and I will shine brightly. And it may mean we're persecuted for it, but it also may, will mean that we will give uh, those who interested, those who are interested in hope, those who want to find God, don't know where to come, don't know where to look, because we'll stand out and we'll be different. But the third thing I want to say is that when God gives individuals or um, groups of people, even a country, when God gives them over to their depravity, their degrading of bodies their dishonoring of bodies their idolatry does that mean god has given up well if if the bible ended at romans chapter 1 verse 32 we'd say yes but it doesn't end there the book of romans doesn't even end there the book of romans goes on to describe how how religious and unreligious people like it's basically saying the first 3 chapters of romans are saying we need god we need that. That's the answer. He's painting a negative, dark picture, because he wants us to see what the solution is in the end. Remember, as we've discussed worldviews, one of the questions is what's wrong with the world, and you've got to ask that question and answer it properly before you can figure out how to fix it. And so we the, we're going to take the whole book of Romans, and Romans three talks about God sending Christ to bring justification. Romans 6 talks about God's victory, the victory God gives us over sin. If the Bible ended, or if Romans ended at the end of chapter one, it would be bleak, and I'd say run for the hills, uh, survive, protect yourself, because judgment's coming. But we have the rest of the book of Romans that shows us the answer, the solution, and the solution is found in Jesus Christ. God, the fact that God is giving people over does not mean God is giving up. If God had given up on us, He would have never sent Jesus Christ. If God had given up, He would have never provided the cross. Indeed, the answer is the cross. All Paul's doing is painting the picture of the need for the gospel. And we're there. And our our country, let's face it, we're living in a post-Christian culture. We're living in a time where once Christian values were upheld and honored and Christian morals were upheld and honored, whether they were fully lived or not, no one's claiming that. But if you didn't live by them, that was looked down upon. Now we're in a place where evil is celebrated. Sin is celebrated. And living uprightly is mocked. I hate to say this, folks. I hate to clue you in on this. But on the, in, in, in places of power in Hollywood, Washington, and New York, but also many a young person in America today, they are more sympathetic to the gay lesbian population than they are to the Christian population. They see Christians as people who stand in the way of progress. They see us as old-fashioned. They see us as restraining and holding back, and indeed we do and they want their freedom, freedom to do what is, as the Bible says, uh, degrading, uh, depravity. They want to celebrate. They want to do whatever. We hope for revival on our land. But until then, we realize that we're living in times that are tougher. We're living in a post-Christian culture. That's just a reality. I hate to say it. It's a reality. Now, one other piece of good news, though, and that is this. We see a strange thing in America right now where our cultural leaders are way, seem to be way so separated from much of the people of America. The values that are those in Hollywood and those in Washington and those in New York and Wall Street and the corporate world, and those in that university leadership that seem to be advocating seem far separated from what the common American believes this is the division in our country today. And so those of us who are holding to Christian truth, there's more of us than we realize. There's more of us than we realize. What we need, of course, is to speak up strong, clear. And what we need is leadership, people who lead us. And this is where we pray that leadership, we hope, will come from the churches May come from people online, like this this podcast right here. Who knows where it'll come? It may come from political leaders. We don't know, but we pray that God will raise up people like this for for just such a time as this. Amen. Let's go ahead and go to prayer, if we would. Father in heaven, we we are grieved and saddened as we look around the world in which we live, the country in which we live, and increasingly, we see that which is vile. Degrading, depraved, being celebrated, being honored, being rejoiced at. And that which is good and honorable and, and worthy of praise is so often now being put down and mocked and ridiculed and rejected. We see, Lord, a culture that is that is turned further and further away from you and we're reaping the bitter consequences of the seeds we've sown we're reaping the consequences of the sexual revolution of the lgbt uh, rising up we're reaping the consequences lord of of broken families of broken hearts broken lives broken people broken relationships there's a bitter harvest for the sinful seeds we've sown, we acknowledge, Lord, that when we sow sins of, seeds of sin, they don't always appear, and they don't always—the uh, consequences aren't always immediate. And we also acknowledge that when we sow seeds of righteousness, and we stand for what's good, true, and right, that often the harvest is not immediately ev- uh, evident. So we pray, Father, for our nation. We pray that in in a time when more and more the 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 bitter harvest the bitter consequences of sin are evident among us. Give us courage. Give us faith. Give us love to rise above, to stand firm, to be strong in the midst of whatever circumstances we, are, we find ourselves. Help us, Father, to celebrate what, you, what is good and not be defiled by the world that in which we live, celebrating that which is evil. Help us, Father, to shine brightly unashamedly to stand strong and firm for your word lord we pray for grace mercy we pray we support one another for those who are persecuted some people uh, just mean may mean they're laughed at other people have lost jobs lord for standing for what's true and right right might we who name the name of christ stand with our brothers and sisters might we be firm might we know that you have not given up on us even though many have been given over and I we pray, Father, for a revival. We pray that we would win this we'd win people back, our own family members, our own communities, our own neighborhoods, our own states, our own nation. Lord, in some cases, our churches, that we'd win them back to a, a, a genuine discipleship and faith in Jesus Christ. Have mercy on our country, Lord. Have mercy upon us. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the hearts of people whose hearts are hard. Open the minds of people whose minds are closed. We pray for revival, Lord. We pray for it on Main Street. We pray for it amongst families that are troubled, that are hard, hardened. We pray for it in our universities. We pray for it in, in our companies, our corporations. We pray for it in the halls of, halls of leadership in Washington. We pray for it in the studios of Hollywood. We pray for it throughout the world, throughout our country, that, that you would have mercy upon us that your people would arise and shine, and that people would be drawn to the light of Christ they see in us. We pray for this. and We ask it, and we thank you hear us. Thank you, Lord, for the millions of people. We believe we're not alone in praying these things. I believe that this, these prayers are in the hearts of a lot of people. Hear us, O oh God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, folks, I have your message today, and yet one that does provide hope. You and I, we've got to have some backbone, we've got to be strong, we've got to have faith, we've got to have courage. Thanks for joining with me. I hope you'll be back with me. If this is your first time here today, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button. All you hit the like button. That helps with the al- algorithm so it will be more watched. Uh, so hit that like, leave a comment, subscribe if you're not subscribed. Pray for this time and pray for our nation and pray for yourself. And let's you and I be strong and mighty because in Christ, You and I, in Jesus, are the answer and the solution to this situation, predicament we find ourselves in. I'm here every morning, so I'll see you tomorrow morning. I hope you come and join me at 8.30 or any time throughout the day. Or if you can't make it during the day, listen to our podcast, which is on the Apple, Spotify, and Google platforms, okay? Search for The Tom Short Show, where you can find me on podcasts. podcast. God bless you. Be strong today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.